Now on Drama on News Talk, a chance to hear the critically acclaimed award-winning drama series Coma. Produced by Makina Chorinta and written by Kevin McCann and Peter Murphy. This programme contains strong language and listener discretion is advised. Coma Episode 1 The Priest Once upon a time there was a man in a coma. That man was my son. Against all advice, we kept him at home. Hooked up to a machine in his room upstairs. We checked his numbers. We washed him. It wasn't long before they started to come. They never stayed long. Sometimes they told my son their secrets. Imagine that. One man in a coma. And the whole town wants to talk to him. Here comes Father Kevin. Trying to keep his head up. But he was a fierce scrubber too in his day. Ah, sure, he was fed on the country. He's lost a fierce amount of weight, and the clothes hanging off him. Just like he's melting into the ground. Ah, uh, there you are, John. Father Kevin here. I'm old master man. Yeah, the days of trying to put the Latin into your head between your thick ears. Isn't that what I used to say to you? I was a bit rough now, John, wasn't I, when I was when I was in that school? When we asked you all, John, one time, did you ever think of having a vocation? I think there was three in your year, John, now that went on. There weren't the three we wanted. Did you know that, John? It was you we wanted, John. Poverty, chastity, obedience. Those three words are easily spoken, but not easily lived, John. Jesus Christ was the man from Nazareth. Humble Nazarene, he washed the feet of Mary Magdalene. I was struck by that when I was a young man, John. I thought that was beautiful. God incarnate washed the feet of a whore. But I was out of the school not long after that time that you were in the class with me, and I was in a, I was in a parish, and suddenly I was in real life. I preached to them, to the flock, down there in their little shoes that they bought, and the sale at Dunn stores. Well, I clicked, we tipped Winstanley leather shoes as I walked up that aisle. Bless me, Father, I have sinned. I hate the sight of the neighbour's son with his degree and mine is nothing. Bless me, Father, I have sinned. He came home late last night. Took the money out of his pocket. Bless me, Father, I have sinned. I put a curse on the neighbour's cow. Suddenly, in the midst of all this, this young man comes to me one night. He was shaken. He was white. Father Kevin, can I speak to you? He reeked of sin. He confessed. He confessed the killing. God, John, I'd never heard that like that in my life before. You can't come in here to the house of God dressed like that with your robe of sin. Get out. Bring your sin with you. I was shaken with rage. And the good thoughts and the good deeds all amounted to nothing in that one moment. When I forgive, I am forgiven. He hung himself. And they called on me. Father, 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 come here, come on, come on, quick, quick, quick. McMahon's done it. Up on yon hill. I said, take him down of the Jesus Christ. Could you not take him down? Oh, we're waiting for you, Father, we're waiting for you. Take him down, take him down. Jesus Christ, I did this. I refuse to forgive him. You'll have tea, Father. Oh, uh, Will you have anything with it? 
Um, maybe some bread and butter. Fine. No bother. The greatest of all the commandments he said was love, didn't he? Love one another as I have loved you. Beside a stream, I took some water and I washed his feet. The man in the field says, what's the priest doing? What's he washing his feet for? Here was Mary Magdalene in front of me. Here was my chance, I thought, wash his feet, wash his feet. Jesus of Nazareth, dear sackcloth, forgive me. Let me love. And so it goes, each one with a story to tell to my son who lies in a coma and listens without judgment. We all have crosses, but guilt is a cross we bring upon ourselves. We must forgive ourselves and each other, redeem ourselves through actions. We all choose. Wait for your time to awaken. Keep breathing. We love you. We love you. We all love you. Episode 2 The School Bully Here comes we coach from two doors down and we know her since she was a baby. And ever since she got to that big new school oh now she's a proper little madam she wouldn't speak to you if she met you out on the street. Wouldn't you think she'd change that uniform before she'd come up here? How you going? Been a long time no see. Stink of bleach in here. You haven't got the lawn in a while. Might want to see to that. Yeah, if school's going grand, I suppose. It's not easy, like, when you start a new school. Like, everyone's always messing and stuff. Just bitching here and bitching there, like. May as well get straight to the point. One of the girls has been bullied at school. You said this kind of happened to you when you were young. Everyone's just being horrible. Like, I know the girl. Like, I went to primary school where... The first week we sat in the canteen together and... When everyone kind of broke up into groups, like, kind of left her outside with all the other girls that, like, never really fit in. The girls started, like, pushing her and laughing at her, picking on her. Started spraying water here and there and, like, eventually somebody just thought it'd be funny, like, if they jocked her and, well, she wasn't too happy when it was in front of the whole school, like... You're probably going to be really disappointed in me, like. I I only did it because, like, the girls were there and, like, they kind of said, oh, it's only a bit of crap. Come on, let's do it. It'll be funny. I don't know how I got myself into this. It's kind of mean what we're doing. I just started hanging out with the girls, you know. They went to Froga, they're going to discos, and, like, I just kind of went along with the group. Come on now, Coach. Are you done there? Have you no homework to do? I have my homework finished. Now listen here. 
Your mother has your dinner on the table. Will you get on home? First time she kept it. Get up that road. Your mother's keeping well, I see. Is it always going to be like this? I mean, am I always going to have to go with the crowd? And Do I always have to forget about the little people who are quiet and shy and say nothing? Anytime they go to say anything, like, they just go all red in the face and can't speak. Right now, everything's grand for me, but the girl that we've been bullying, she's kind of dope being just... Life's going to be hell for her if she doesn't get in with the right crowd, I suppose. It's kind of mean what we're doing. There's always going to be division, but, like, I didn't know it was going to start so early, like... I don't want to, like, lose my new friends. Because, you see, if I, like, try to get out of it, I might end up getting bullied. Sometimes things are just too hard to say and things. Episode 3. The Football Manager. Here comes Colm, the football manager. He trained the boys when John used to play. They had their differences. Trainer can't run the team and be everyone's friend, I suppose. He's a good man. At least I think he is. Well, John. Three months since I was last visiting you. How are you doing in your coma? God, son, it's not easy looking at you lying there. I was just thinking on the way up, all them nights up there on the pitch, in the lashing rain, no one can take that away from you. You trained hard. Listen, John, something's been on my mind from years ago. I want to tell you. Do you remember? I'm sorry I didn't pick you for the team that day. I know you were very upset over that. You walked away. You went and sat in the car. You never came back. Your mother said that you told her not to wash your togs, that she might as well throw them out. You wouldn't be needing them anymore. I saw you about the town, walking around with a fag in your hand. You tried to hide it, but I saw you. What were you at? Smoking and feeling sorry for yourself. I saw you one night in the glashing rain. You were in bad shape. Was there some dark god in you? I was going to go over and say something to you, but I just couldn't. You'd have bitten the head of me. I remember you looking at me that day from the subs bench. The look in your eyes. Pure hatred. I couldn't look at you, son. Do you want to know why you weren't picked? Why I didn't choose you? You'll have tea? Yeah, mighty. Mighty. Okay. Football, surely. No bother. I was just reminding himself here uh, about the time he, he, he made himself sick, Ronan. 
Fine. It's ready. I find it hard sometimes myself to think. To even think. Shouting in the stands when you have 20 or 30 men and women, fathers and brothers, telling you what you should do. It's hard to think, John. Maybe you in your coma, you're thinking away, listening away. You know all about it. Do you hear them voices telling you you're a fool, an idiot, a bad man, a good man, a great man, a hero, a coward? Maybe I should have given you a run in the second half. The game was going well. I couldn't change it. You didn't have to take it to heart. Jesus, John, I'm sorry if I was the cause. What do you want me to tell you, son? It doesn't always go your way. Jesus, John, that's just the way. The world is... Episode 4 The Girlfriend Oh, here she comes now And she's so proper Look at the step of her What woes will she have today? And I'm sick of listening to her And the likes of her Walking in and out of here You'd think it was Piccadilly Station Hi baby, how are you? You're looking well I think you need a haircut, mind you Sorry I didn't make it in yesterday, honey. I was out with the girls, shopping. I got you flowers. Do you know what it's for? Happy anniversary, pet. hope you can hear me. I didn't know what else to get you. Stupid flowers. <laughs> Today's the day you asked me out. Do you remember that? When we went for the walk down by the side of the river. You were joking and laughing, telling me that the rain was coming because the cows were lying down the field or something. And then you walked me home. Do you want to get out of that coma? Do you want to come back to me? Or are you just going to stay in there, quite happy, and let us fuss around you for the rest of your life? Baby, I have something to tell you. I know it's our anniversary. There's nobody else I could talk to. They just think I was a nasty piece of work if I told them what I was thinking. So I'm going to tell you. Helen texted me last Friday. Said we were going out after work. You know me, I just can't be bothered anymore. But I kind of wanted to go out because everybody's telling me I'm making a negative of myself. I'm only 23 and I'm sitting in like a weeping widow. So I said, feck it, sure we'll go out. So we headed down to the palace. You know what that place is like, it's a friggin' cattle mart. Anyway, we went in and we were at the bar and Helen was trying to get a few shots into me. I was too sensible, too sober as usual. And I saw Barry, do you remember Barry? He came over and he was just chatting to me. Just standing there in the middle of the palace talking. He didn't mention you though. That song came on that... 
Mm, you wouldn't know it. Everybody else mentions you and asks how you are, but he never mentioned you, and I didn't really want to tell him. I'm sorry, I know it's not your fault, and I'm, I'm offloading this on you, and it's not your fault, and... If you could just sniff for something or do something. I need answers. I need somebody to answer me. Are you okay, Pat? No, I'm grand. I'm, I'm 100%. We're just having a wee chat here, the two of us, just about the anniversary and... God, you're awful pale today. I'll be da- I'll come down in a few minutes. I won't... I'll, I'll not stay too long today, OK? I'll leave you to it. This is normal, you know. I'm 23. I shouldn't be... I shouldn't be coming here every single day and... I mean, even your mother now is looking at me like she's... Look at this fool coming in day in, day out, wasting her life and her only in her 20s. If I was her, I wouldn't be doing that. I, I don't know if I can do it anymore. I, I need to just... If... I just... I think I'm scared because... This is the first time I've, I've doubted us, me and you and... and <laughs> Please forgive me, baby. Happy anniversary, Pat. Stupid flowers. Episode 5. The Butcher. Here comes the butcher. Shame as the tick, they call him. He'd have as much meat hanging in the shop window as would feed the parish, and he wouldn't feed his own family. <laughs> I'd watch out for this fella. Well, John, how's she going? Three months since I was here before or there or thereabouts. It's a bit like a confession coming in here. Seamus the tick. Yeah. <laughs> I do often say to myself, how did I end up with that name? Is it the fact that I'd have let them short of a bit of meat now and again, but you have to? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to the doctor tomorrow, and I'll be getting me results. They're not going to be great. I get that feeling. Um, There's something I'm going to tell you, because um, me and you was good friends for a long time. I really enjoy inflicting misery on people. These thoughts really came to me the other day, I suppose, when I was out the shed out the back, having opened up a cow, that and myself and the wife were a bit like leeches. The other day I was in the kitchen, finishing off the milk, the last drop, and I could see her looking at me in the corner of her eye, drinking the last drop of milk. But I went and I done it anyway. And I suppose I enjoyed the fact that she was going to be short, trying to manage without them small things in the kitchen. What am I? I do ask myself. I could uh, say sorry to her, but there again, Jesus Christ of Almighty... Uh, I suppose what for I can live with it with me conscience most of the time but even the customers oh Jesus I don't know 
There's no doubt I am a bad man in the eyes of a lot of people. Seamus. Tea. Take care what it's called, yeah? I was just talking to John here before you came in, telling him about this uh, JFK story on neutrality. Yeah, we're a great country for being neutral. Top drawer at it. Country full of good for nothings. Thanks, ma'am. Pull that door with you. I remember growing up in this community and I was oblivious to a lot of people and then I became this big fella. I drive round the town. I don't know what'll become of me or will they care. I am what I am. They do call me Seamus the Tick. I've got used to that. It's probably a, an appropriate name for all the things I've got up to and the bad man I've been to a lot of people. I don't do it purposely all the time. But maybe what's coming to me, I'm due what's coming to me. That's why I'm looking at you, asking you. Why do I end up treating people the way I do? And so it goes, each one with a story to tell to my son who lies in a coma and listens without judgment. We all have crosses, but guilt is a cross we bring upon ourselves. We must forgive ourselves and each other, redeem ourselves through actions. We all choose. Wait for your time to awaken. Keep breathing. We love you. We love you. We all love you. Coma on Drama on News Talk. Coma, Episode 6 The Psychiatric Patient. Once upon a time, there was a man in a coma. That man was my son. Against all advice, we kept him at home. Hooked up to a machine in his room upstairs. We checked his numbers. We washed him. It wasn't long before they started to come. They never stayed long. Sometimes they told my son their secrets. Imagine that. One man in a coma. And the whole town wants to talk to him. Here comes Izzy. Walking with her head down. I don't know what happened to her. She knows our John since they were babies. She gets plenty of notice with that condition of hers. Hey John, how you doing? I know it's been a couple of weeks since I've been here, but uh, I just had some things going on and I wasn't able to get here. But I've really missed you, because you're my best friend and you've always been my friend since we were little kids. You know it actually snows on Mars. People say there's no life on Mars, but yet there's water on Mars. Microorganisms live in water, therefore there is life on Mars. I, I like sitting in this seat. It's, I feel safe sitting here talking to you and knowing you understand me. You know, I've told you before that 
I don't feel. It's tough to live in a world where society, they judge you for that. I always say things to other people and they never really get it because they just, they don't understand. You know, they've labelled me as a psychiatric patient because I don't adhere to society structures. They give you all this medication, but then that just turns you into another, just another zombie walking around. It made me feel really guilty because it turned me into somebody who I wasn't supposed to be. If I was supposed to be that way, I would have been that way. A lot of people are lost and they can't see a way out. John, I'm sorry. I need to leave you. That's why I haven't been here in a couple of weeks because I've realised I have to leave you behind. Because you're a part of my old life. Having you in my life is going to continue to remind me of how I was and who I used to be and... I can't be that person anymore, so I have to say goodbye to you. Now, Izzy, I hope you're not filling his head with too many ideas. What's wrong with ideas? Oh, nothing at all. Nothing wrong with ideas. Just too many of them. Okay, I'm sorry, Mrs. Ma'am. I won't be much longer. We're just having a little chat here. I swear I'm not filling his head with nonsense. All right, all right, Izzy. You know, you see people and they're dressed in their suits and they're going to work and they, they live their day like that. They get up, they get dressed, they go to the same job and they see that as normal. It doesn't seem normal to me. Why can't normal just be sitting on the grass? Why can't it just be sitting down and thinking to yourself, wow, this is a nice day today? What I've realised is... I have to get out of my own way. I'm the only one stopping me from progressing and living my life. I really want to go to Florence because it's where Leonardo da Vinci was. And I can learn so that I'm not talking a bunch of nonsense and just pursue my life that way. My idea of life and living is just to be free. And just to be happy with who you are. And so it goes. Each one with a story to tell. To my son who lies in a coma and listens without judgment. We all have crosses. But guilt is a cross we bring upon ourselves. We must forgive ourselves and each other. Redeem ourselves through actions. We all choose. Wait for your time to awaken. Keep breathing. We love you. We love you. We all love you. Episode 7. The Best Friend. Here comes Murphy. And the shine of him. Oh, he's a speculator. A two-timer. Oh, I'd say he made a fortune. And the lamenting of him about poor John. Oh, poor John was my best friend. We were as thick as thieves. <laughs> I wouldn't trust a word out of his mouth. <laughs> him and his big car. 
Well, John, I brought some CDs to play for you. Highway to hell. Jesus, we were wild for ACDC. I hate seeing you like this. I'd love to see you up and about. Do you know what I was thinking of on the way up here? Sucking petrol from cars. Do you mind that? The nights we used to rob your old boy's car and go driving around half the country. Do you remember that old Sitton? The one with the hole in the floor. She used to be able to see the road under you. The scutter and the muck skittering around you. One night we gave that one lift home from outside the diamond. She didn't say a word the whole way home. Do you mind that? I'll tell you what I mind. I've something to tell you, John. Do you remember that girl, Sally, John? Of course you remember. You were mad into her. But I... I know you really liked her. But I shifted her anyway. I couldn't help it. I, I just... I went behind her back. I'm no friend to you. I'm not, in fact, I'm a friend to nobody. I'm going to tell you something now, John. Your life will not be one bit better for having heard it. I'm up to my eyeballs in debt. 400,000 down in a house. I'm buried. Jumped in feet first. Didn't even look around. I got hooked. Skewered. I swapped my future for a bad construction. Can you see me, John? In your coma? I am standing on a cement floor in the front room of a cursed house. Now, here you are. Here's the tea. That'll do lovely there, Mrs. Ma'am. Where's the Kimberleys? Should I do and no sandwiches either. Yeah. Drink up your tea there, take care what it scald you. Thanks very much, Mrs. Ma'am. It makes no sense. I should just throw back the keys. I went to the bank manager and I asked him. He said, go on ahead, we'll go after you. You can't get out of it, says he. The deck is loaded in their favour. They're handing out the cards and none of them are any good. In 28 years' time, I'll have paid back 400,000. I'll be old and grey before it's paid off. An old man in a jail, afraid to leave. Like a man, Mr. Brooks, in the Shawshank Redemption. Well, to hell with that. Johnny boy, if a game is rigged, walk away from that game. I'll tell him the deal's off. To hell with you and your credit rating. I'm walking away and no one can stop me. I'll be a free man. Episode 8 The Doctor Here she comes. Look at the step of her. Oh, no knocking here. Just straight on in. Bang the door, why don't you? Bang it good and hard. Sure put out the glass, don't I? Have loads of money. Hello, John. 
Dr. Sullivan here. Just checking your machines. I see your mother's keeping notes. Holy water. No need for us doctors round here when Mammy's here. Have to hand it to your mother and father. You've been well looked after. How did I get here? They used to call me Aoife. But now I'm Dr. Sullivan. I did it without thinking. It was a lovely day. It was really sunny. I was so nervous. Dad was tapping the steering wheel and Mum kept saying the rosary. Couldn't listen to any of that. I just got out of the car and up past the shrine to Our Lady and on up the lane to the convent. And I remember getting the envelope and as soon as I tallied it up, I, I knew I was going to medical school. Mum and Dad were delighted, but they never said it. That's when I started to fall down, fell into the rabbit hole like, like Alice in Wonderland. Got the picture in the local paper. You should have seen the size of those books, John. The size of the words. Dr. Sullivan. I'm sorry, John. I, I tried to be the best I could be, but... I'll tell you something, John, that I wouldn't want my mother to hear it, or my father, or anybody. <laughs> I'm a glorified drug pusher. I scribble down a prescription and scribble it down and send them out. That tells a story in itself. It's like a conveyor belt. But nobody wants to admit it. Patients come in and I hand them over a box. It's not long till I'm out the front door and in my car and I'm gone. Away from the screams and the, the ghosts. But it haunts me. I talked to a friend of mine about it and she said, don't worry about it. Everybody's doing it. It's the same for everybody. Aoife Deirdre Sullivan. <laughs> Here's the tea. Now, I don't want to be getting in the way. I'll leave it over here. How do you think he is today? He's better off here than on a trolley. I think he's very well now, this weather. I think he's much better. Thanks for the tea, Mrs. Mann. If you need anything now, I'll be downstairs. Watching you in that coma, John, lying there, to say your your life can change in a split second, yours has. But do you know what, John? Aoife Deirdre studied hard to get where she is. I made something out of myself. I'm not ashamed of that. Yeah, I get paid well. I deserve it. I got here through hard work, sacrifice. I give up on things. Wasn't an easy road, John, but I'm on it. And I'm staying on it. What a country we live in, John. We're all as bad as each other. Episode 9 the father. The whole town, of course, includes his father. He goes out for his walk 
and then he comes in and he goes up, pulls in the chair and sits and talks to him. He sits there and talks to his son. I mean, he had nothing to say to him when he was a lad. How are you today, son? It's me, your daddy. Four years you've been here. Do you remember the time? I think you were only eight or nine at the time. And we were walking along down by the river. And you slipped into the water along the edge. And got a wet foot. We went fishing. And we laughed about it the whole way home, the two of us. You always looked up to me. You always thought I was a great father, a good man. Which I'm not, son. I saw you coming from school, needing help with homework. And what did I do? Went off down to the pub to play cards. I should have been here, helping you. Should have been showing you how to... Showing you how to do things. I don't think I've been a great father to you at all. And I, I sort of blame my own father, your granddad, for not being the loving father that he should have been to me. I have passed on a curse to you. That's what I've done. Passed on the curse that I got from my own father and probably that he got from his. I don't want you, John, my son, to have this blame, to have this dark cloud hanging over you like or inside your chest like I have. The blame that I have for my own father. For a man to bring his son into the world and not be there for him, not be able to love him enough. Oh, Jesus, John, you know. It's, it's like... A, I, I, I... It, it hits me at times in my heart that I can't love the way I should my own son. And I want to say to you that when you come out of this coma and you are a father, don't suffer this what I am suffering now. This guilt, remorse. John, my son, I want you to forgive me. I could have been a better father. For a father to bring a son into the world. He has to love that son. Episode 10. The Mother. I talk to him myself. He's my son, after all. 
There's the rain. It'll not be long now till Liz is out to take in the clothes. <laughs> she needs to get her roots done. Now she'll have them on the radiator in jig time. You know, when you were a child, you used to love watching the sheets backwards and forwards. I mean, you'd sit looking at them for hours, just backwards and forwards, blowing up and down, and the whack they'd make. I never wanted you. I mean, I didn't want any of this. I didn't think I'd be this age, sitting here, looking out that window, talking to my son, lying in a coma. I never wanted any of this. I never wanted you. I never wanted here. And all that time I was carrying you. And then you were so beautiful. I used to count your toes. Oh, those perfect little toes. And I'd check your breathing. That's what I used to do. Hold my hand up the whole time to your nose to make sure you were breathing. And then you'd scream and you'd cry and... The number of times I wanted to shut you into the cupboard, put you in the drawer and close it and just walk away. So I'd stand outside the door and listen to you crying. (sighs) I often thought about it, you know. Just leaving you at the side of the road, the bus stop or any of those places that people abandon things. I mean, I got used to it, you know. I just got used to the whole rounds of it. Scum. That's all I ever see on these windows, is this scum. Do you know, I'm fed up cleaning these windows. I'm fed up of you being in that coma. I'm totally sick of it. I'm sick of sitting here at the window and looking at you in the coma and looking out at those people through that scum. This isn't the way it was meant to be. You weren't meant to be lying in a coma. You were meant to be all off doing things for yourself. It's like a trap, isn't it? I mean, we're right back there again. I mean, we're condemned to it. You and me. And I can't walk away from you now either. It's an awful thing for a mother to say, isn't it, really? That she didn't want her only son. And now, it's like you're not really here anyway. You just lie in there. I am sorry. I never meant it to be like this. I didn't want you. And now I don't have you. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm sorry. Well, I have to go now. And I'll be back up soon. And so it goes, each one with a story to tell to my son who lies in a coma and listens without judgment. We all have crosses, but guilt is a cross we bring upon ourselves. 
We must forgive ourselves and each other, redeem ourselves through actions. We all choose. Wait for your time to awaken. Keep breathing. We love you. We love you. We all love you. Coma was produced by Makina Chorinta and written by Kevin McCann and Peter Murphy. Sound recording by Paddy Greenan and Shane O'Connor, with mastering by Madhu Kambametu and editing by Seamus Callaghy. The play was performed by Katrina O'Reilly, James McInerney, Michael Alwell, Orla Cahill, Zoe Hickey, Joanne Brennan, Hugh Leddy, Fergal McAloon, Regina Donoghue and Sean Nulty. Coma was funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland via the Sound and Vision Scheme. If you've been affected by any of the issues raised in this programme, free text HELLO to 50808 for support.